From the Tulsa world, this is the OU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Eric Bailey and Mason Young. Oklahoma wraps up the regular season in nice style with a 69-45 win over Texas Tech. Hi, Eric Bailey, Mason Young here from Owen Field. Uh, Friday night, not a Saturday, Friday night. Friday night special. So, uh, Mason, big way for the Sooners to end the regular season, finish 10-2, and a lot of momentum, but yet we don't know where that momentum is going to take them. Is it going to take them to a Big 12 game or is it going to take them to a bowl game? I guess we just have to wait and see, right? Yeah, we've gotten mixed replies from OU players that and, and coaches that we've asked about how they're looking at this next 24 to 48 hours. Some say, yes, they will be watching the scores of the Texas and Oklahoma State and Kansas State games to see if uh, perhaps the cards fall their way that they can sneak into the Big 12 championship game. Others, uh, like Jaden Gibson, saying, uh, not worried about it at all. Uh, just assuming it'll take care of itself, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And, and I think the, one of the overarching themes that we heard tonight was just, you know, even even as frustrated as you might be that obviously they were only, you know, uh, a very small margin, a handful, uh, less than 10 points away from being undefeated this season. Uh, you have to be happy with the turnaround that they've had. I mean, to go from six and seven last year and being just truly awful to finishing 10 and two uh, this year uh, shows a lot of progress. And if you're not carrying momentum into a big 12 championship game, then perhaps you're carrying it into a bowl game that you can then go win and, and take that momentum with you into the SEC. Brent Venables mentioned after the game that he wants his team mentally prepared to play on practice on Monday for a Big 12 game, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Uh, he, he even admitted, you know, that Oklahoma put themselves in this position. There's no hoping. There's no wishing. It's, it's you know, it's Oklahoma's doing. That's why they need things to happen like a Texas and Iowa State loss or an Oklahoma State loss tomorrow to BYU. So I don't know if people are going to watch that or not. We'll see. But let's just talk about today's game and what they were able to do. The first thing Phil, uh, that Brent Venable said he wanted to do was celebrate today's win. Uh, we look at it. Dylan Gabriel, a player we didn't know if he was going to play even today, throws for 400 yards and three touchdowns, runs for another score, really leaves his career, leaves his mark here at OU in really high, high, uh, in really good fashion when you think about it. And yet, when we asked him tonight if he was coming back next year because he does have a year available, he was noncommittal. He just said it's it's God's will where he goes. So that kind of makes you wonder, is there a chance he'll come back next year? Yeah, I mean, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, obviously, this time a year ago, uh, he was probably kind of in the position where he had to come back. You know, going six and seven, there had been a lot of ups and downs for him. He hadn't had maybe as good the season as he hoped. And if he wanted any chance at the NFL, you know, he needed to have a good year this year. This year he's been, you know, blowing away the best quarterback in the Big 12, probably going to be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year with just the insane numbers that he's put up. And and so, you know, it, it looks right now, um, his NFL chances right now look a lot better than they did this time a year ago. Uh, it just it just feels like uh, you know he he would potentially want to go out on, on a high note 
you know, he's helped restore the program after a down year last year and bring it back to its standards. He's put up a career year for himself. He's cut through so many record books. I mean, more to, more tonight, passing Baker Mayfield and Luke Falk on the passing list, passing Landry Jones on the touchdown list. Uh, just just an incredible career overall for him. And uh, wouldn't be surprised if he moves on. But, uh, you know, if he does come back, uh, that makes things really interesting because – uh, obviously, you like the experience he brings going into your first year in the SEC, but also what does that do to Jackson Arnold, who has waited uh, the entirety of this year behind him and you know was kind of expecting to be the heir apparent next year? Uh, it's going to be fascinating to continue to monitor that as, as we uh, head towards the offseason. We asked Brent Venables on what he, Dylan Gabriel meant to the program. Brent said stability, consistency, leadership. He's made everybody around him better. He's had that multiplier effect. When you can produce reproduce who you are, that's a real sign of leadership. I think that was huge. We asked Jeff Blubby about the importance of Dylan Gabriel joining this program when he did and said it was huge. Uh, Lebby said they really probably didn't expect to have as many downs as they did, really referring to last year's six and seven mark. But then there were so many ups this year with what Dylan's been able to do. As you mentioned, a real strong, a strong uh, chance to be the Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year, too. So that's huge, too. It was strange because, you know, Billy, you know, we saw um, Dylan Gabriel get injured at BYU. We didn't know if he was going to play. And Brent Venables said it was until yesterday, Thursday, that they he was cleared to play. And, and Venables did say he was in concussion protocol, too. So I think that was interesting, too, because we really never heard the word concussion out of Venables' hit, uh, mouth until today. Uh, Venables said Gabriel's really limited for the first part of the week. And he just passed certain protocols during the course of the week. Uh, doctors told Venables, here's what he can do. Here's what he can't do. Uh, and then it turns out today, even without the strong full week of practice, even on a short week, really accurate and just decision making was really on point. And that was the key. You know, they came out and they hit a 50 yard pass right off the bat. Uh, and they hit. In fact, Gabriel had three passes of 50 plus yards, including a touchdown pass to Jaden Gibson. A touchdown pass to, to Brennan Thompson, and then, you know, had to open the game with a 50-yard pass to Nick Anderson. They were pretty aggressive today, Mason. They were <laughs> – Jeff Levy, you know, he wasn't afraid to throw the ball around. Yeah, uh, three, you know, 50-yard passes in the in the first half and two of them touchdowns, and it was the first time uh, since 2019 went over Texas Tech at home that OU had had three-plus uh, 50-yard passing plays in a game. Uh, very, very explosive. And then uh, when TCU finally started to cover that up, that opened up the ground game, and Gavin Sawchuk was great again today, put up his fourth consecutive 100-yard yard game and a, a hat trick with three rushing touchdowns. Uh, his you know late-season emergence has been absolutely huge for OU. He looks like a, a running back that's obviously still young, that they can you know ride into the SEC for the next couple of years. And so – uh, Tommy Walker, also a nice complimentary punch um, in this one as well. But the big thing was, was definitely the passing game. I mean, Drake Stoops, what a what a final send-off for him. Ties a career high with 12 catches and puts up 125 yards and a touchdown. No better way for him to have his definite last game on Owen Field. And, you know, Nick Anderson, Jade Gibson as well. Brennan Thompson with a, a touchdown on one of those 50-yard catches. Uh you know, that's that even with Drake Stoops leaving, uh, having those guys and also getting Andrew Anthony back 
whether it's Dylan Gabriel or Jackson Arnold next year, uh, whoever's OU's quarterback next year is going to have quite the wide receiver room to work with. You know, you mentioned these receivers. Jaden Gibson had a 59-yard touchdown throw, and I want to ask you your thoughts on this. Caught the ball, uh, got to the end zone, and kind of slowed down, started pointing toward the crowd, and it started getting dragged. His, his, his shirt tail started getting pulled. He wasn't even in the end zone. And after the game, he even said he knew he wasn't in the end zone, but he knew that he wasn't going to get brought down either, which really surprised me. But then he explained why he did it. He said he just wanted to play ball. You know, he said football's dirty. It's tenacious. So in doing that, celebrating early, I'm telling his teammates they can't mess with this. You know, they're not supposed to be here with this. So that's what he did. I, I, I don't know if coaches really are excited about that answer, but that just tells you a little bit about Jaden Gibson and his style of play. You know, he, he's a guy, he, he was excited. He said his 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 parents flew in this today, Friday, as, as well as his girlfriend. So he had fans in the stand. So must have been a key moment, a nice moment for him to score a touchdown. I just thought that was interesting, uh, the way he celebrated before he scored the touchdown. I think he said also said something in his post-game interview about just having a dog mentality. Uh he's just he's funny. He's got this he's got this moxie that uh you know serves him really well, I think. Uh, and you know, it just just another guy we talked about Gavin Sawchuk, but that was Jaden Gibson's, you know, third touchdown in as many games. Just another guy whose late season emergence has been huge for OU it's it's given them more options in the passing game you know you think back to that Bedlam game he played a season low snaps in that game and they honestly really missed him they relied too much on Jalil Farouk and Drake Stoops and Nick Anderson in that game and he forced his way into getting more opportunities since then and that's paid big dividends uh for him and and for this team and obviously you know uh they could they could kind of use uh that mentality that that edge that he plays with. I mean, obviously they have some guys that do that. You know, Dylan Gabriel hasn't been afraid to truck or high step guys this season. He's maybe a little bit more, uh, there's a little bit more humility, quieter humility with it. Uh, but uh, Jaden Gibson has definitely been big, come up big and, and cemented a role for himself here in the back half of the season. We talk a little bit more about Gavin Sawchuk, you know, in his first eight games this year, he only had 127 rushing yards, but in those last four games, he's had 483, including four straight 100-yard performances. He had 130 yards today, again, with three touchdowns. Uh, just really, really finishing strong. You talk about him getting reps. I think that's the most important thing. He's seeing the field better. He had 21 carries today. Uh, Adrian Peterson was in in, in uh, tennis today, and Gavin said he didn't even know uh, Adrian Peterson was here until he saw him on the big screen. So he thought that was pretty cool to have that kind of game in front of a legend. You know, that that's something that it's just still surprising to this day that it took so long for that running game to get on track and so long to find RB1. They finally found him in Salchuk. I think that was huge, too. One more player I do want to ask you about when we're talking about the offense is Drake Stoops. I mean, he was the last player recognized during senior day activities. They brought him out behind Dylan Gabriel. It's fitting, uh, you know, six year in the program. And then, uh, you know, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you're probably really excited that he had a touchdown today. That was huge in his last game at Owen Field to score a touchdown. His legacy is pretty strong, and I think it's going to be long-lasting, Mason. Yeah, I think everybody will remember him. You know, Brent Venables talks a lot about, 
uh, the story behind the glory. And for Drake Stoops, it's, you know, he never, he earned everything he got despite being, you know, the son of Bob Stoops and what a lot of people would presume is having a lot of things handed to you. It's a guy that started his OU career as a walk-on and earned his scholarship and hasn't always played the most, but made big plays when he was called upon and earned uh, his way up to being uh, OU's uh, wide receiver one this season. And, you know, he, a lot of people have talked about, and I would agree, I think just the grittiness, the toughness that he plays with, it's something that OU is really going to miss, but it's also going to make an NFL team really happy. He's going to be, you know, probably a steal for whatever NFL team gives him an opportunity. So uh, no better way for him to go out than with a touchdown. You're right. Uh, it wouldn't have been poetic justice if he didn't score at some point in this game. So they got it to him and, and got it done. And uh, just I think his his leadership it was really cool to see him uh, hand Brent Venables the game ball after the game in the the locker room video that they put on social media. Pretty obvious what he means to this program and uh, what this this program thinks of him. And I think I think you're right. I think uh, whether it's uh, looking down the road and and really missing him or it's gratitude for what he's done. I think uh, OU is, is going to be significantly different without Drake Stoops in its locker room. Let's switch gears to the defense. Uh, long day for the, for the, the Sooners. I mean, the third quarter, they have been so good in the third quarter. And today uh, I think uh, Brent Venable said the word abysmal when he talked about the way that, they played defense in that third quarter. I think they gave up three touchdown drives. Uh, couldn't it looked like BYU again, where they had trouble with run fits? Just a lot of issues defensively. But there was a bright side too when we look at the big play on defense. Uh, Billy Bowman again, just so impressive with what he can do. He had the forty-five yard interception return for a touchdown today. That was on top of last week's hundred yard interception return at BYU. Uh, I guess there was ups and downs uh, for the Sooners' defense, and really just kind of a surprise they gave up as many yards as they did today. Yeah, an abomination of football was one of the other things he used to, to characterize it. it. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. It sounds like uh, just the linebackers still just cannot figure out these run fits. Uh, and, and it was a problem last week at BYU, and there's a problem this time again. I don't know if teams are uh, doing different things against OU than they were, uh, you know, early in the season in the run game, but it's obviously been a problem the last two weeks. It's something you want to get fixed before, especially if you end up sneaking into the Big 12 championship game, but definitely before your bowl game, you know, at the least. Uh, TCU's Imani Bailey was great today. He had 150 yards and a touchdown, broke off a couple, you know, 30, uh, had a 30 plus yard run and a 40 plus yard run in that game. And just stuff you, you can't be giving up at, at this point in the season. You know, the funny thing was last game in the Big 12, right? Looked like a lot of OU games in the Big 12 over the past decade. Just Explosive offense, exciting offense, but just absolutely atrocious defense. And, you know, that's that's not what you – that's not the product you're ideally putting out, you know, in the SEC. It's not going to win you games. Have to be able to play defense in the SEC because uh, al- almost everybody can. And, and you know, Brent Venables being a defensive-minded coach, obviously 
the stuff that happened the past two weeks, that hurts him a lot. And you know, like he's going to get that fixed 100%. You can book it. Uh, you know, he's, he's going to make the adjustments and, and get that stuff fixed as quickly as possible and, and make sure that it doesn't pop up again. One player I did ask Brent Venables about today was Gentry Williams, who returned for the first time in three weeks, uh, finished, I think, with seven tackles, but also uh, left the game in the second half. It looked like he re-injured his shoulder, which is what he's been dealing with all year. He's been such a good player all season. It's 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 too bad for him that he's dealing with what he's dealing with. Uh, Brent Venables has mentioned in past press conferences that it's probably an issue that uh, they're going to have to take care of after the season. So you got to really – admire him for gutting gutting it out and trying to play it's just been tough and I, Ted Roof talked about it a little bit too he's just a young guy that just hasn't got the the reps he needs but he has a lot of pride and wants to go out there and perform so uh that was tough for the Sooners too but 45 points I know both coaches said that everything was fixable so we'll see what happens there uh do you you, you tweeted this during the game uh, let's talk about special teams you all your tweet said was uh, Zach Schmidt made a field goal, but it's <laughs> funny because I, I I just think that that was so important for his confidence. Uh, shoot, it tells him that you know uh, Brent Venables, you know, hey, go out there and kick this field goal. I think we don't know what's going to happen next season. We don't know what's going to happen, you know, if there's going to be another kicker on board. But you really need Zach Schmidt in the bowl game, or if there's a Big Twelve game, you need him. So I think that was a big make for him. Yeah, I was kind of worried about that kick, Eric. The looking at the ball in the air, it looked like it was spinning sideways to the left. And I just was thinking, I was like, man, is he going to miss this wide left? And, you know, he, he ended up fitting it through. But obviously, that's it's been a tough year for him. You know, he just uh, has had some tough misses and sounds like has lost a lot of confidence. And, you know, maybe he maybe he gets things back. Who knows? I mean, he, you know, I would think that they're going to bring in somebody, whether it's a recruit or a transfer to to compete next year and maybe Gavin Marshall, if healthy, uh, obviously hasn't been for part of this season, but if healthy, maybe he commits for that job, but you know, maybe, maybe Zach Schmidt, uh, you know, just needs a, a break, honestly, just an off season to kind of refine some things and clear his mind. And maybe he can, you know, get this thing back on track, but it's obviously uh, been tough uh, for him. And, and honestly, that was, it, it wasn't the loudest, but we were kind of sitting up there saying that was one of the louder cheers in the stadium today was when he made that field goal. So uh, obviously, whatever you can get from him at this point, you know, you take it as a positive and, and hopefully, you know, he can address some things in the offseason and come back better next year. Well, Mason, we'll see when we talk again. We'll see when we're in a press box again. It's hard to say a lot of TV watching this weekend to see what happens with the outcome of the Big 12 Conference. If Oklahoma is fortunate to somehow find a way to get in the Big 12 Championship game, they'll play at 11 a.m. next Saturday, a week from Saturday, uh, against either, well, I don't even know who they play, more than likely Texas, but we'll see what happens, how it all plays out. If they do not make the Big 12 Championship game, uh, recruiting awaits and uh, a bowl game, which we'll have to figure out. Let me ask you this, Mason. Do you think they have a chance at a New Year's Six Bowl they're 13th in the college football playoffs. Do you think they can move up if they don't play in the Big 12 game to get to a college football playoff bowl? Or do you think that it's more than likely they'll end up in the Alamo Bowl as the Big 12's top non-New uh, Year's Six game? Well, you know, we we talked about this a little while ago before we hopped on here. But obviously, 
there was a representative from the Alamo Bowl in Norman tonight, and it sounds like the Alamo Bowl really wants OU uh, because it will sell. And obviously it, it sold well, you know, two years ago when OU was playing Oregon down in San Antonio and kind of a, a vindicating win for the OU fan base after uh, the departure of Lincoln Riley. And and so I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if that's where they end up. Uh, you know, it, it, it's tough when you don't even play in your conference's championship game to, you know, lobby for a New Year's Six Bowl. Typically, you know, this is supposed to go to, you know, conference champions of these smaller conferences or these teams, you know, that maybe finish runner up in their conference. So, uh, but maybe they'll get lucky. There has definitely been some conjecture that they might, you know, sneak into that opportunity. And uh, if they do, you know, we'll be uh, we'll be lobbying for the Fiesta Bowl for all your uh, hopes and dreams, Eric. And I know that's the only bowl I haven't been to. Only New Year's Six bowl game I haven't covered is Fiesta, so that's my goal to get there. So we'll see what happens. All right. Well, for Mason, I'm Eric Bailey. Thanks for listening today. Uh, post-game podcast, last regular season post-game podcast, as always, Google, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, we'll be here every week. And also, we will uh, read our content. That, that's the most important thing. We had a lot of uh, stories in, in Saturday's paper. We'll have more on Sunday and next week as we – Turn to either uh, an upcoming game or recruiting. We'll continue to keep you covered there, watch covering Oklahoma uh, football. So for Mason, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. Everyone, have a good weekend.